I woke up just before sunrise the next day. I was in that same fetal position I went to sleep in, and judging by the soreness I felt, I was pretty sure I didn't move the entire night. I slowly forced the stiffness from my muscles, but could tell there was no way it was going to go completely away. In the back of my mind, I wondered if it ever would. Would I get to a place where I would feel so warm like I did, what, four days ago? Five? It was less than a week, I know that. Speaking of warm, I could tell that it was cold out. I mean, really cold. Menacingly cold. Angry cold. That wasn't going to change my plans today. I knew what I had to do. This cabin was good, but I wasn't going to be able to survive up here much longer. I needed to find water, and I would need more food. I knew there was likely more places to find it around this mountaintop, but going downhill meant more chances for civilization, food, and most importantly, rescue. Down was where I needed to be, and it was going to happen today. I looked at the cans of soda that I had. My stomach churned a bit at the thought of drinking another one, on an empty stomach, and for breakfast. So I compromised and ate another cattail shoot first, then washed it down with a lemon-lime this time. Drinking soda for breakfast. My mom would be so mad right now. Thirst was quenched and stomach had ceased rumbling for now. I peeked out of one of the windows and looked around. No sign of wolves in this early morning light. Sky was clear. This was good. Yeah, it meant colder temps, but at least I'd be able to see where I was going. I checked my gear, twice. It was all there. And I left. I was pretty sure I knew where I needed to go. How many times have I written that? Even with my tracks from last night covered up by the snow, it would take me past the graveyard wing area I was in yesterday, but there was unexplored space there, and I was pretty sure when I was in that area, I noticed a gentle sloping downward. Here's hoping it wasn't just wishful thinking. I could tell that the mountain wasn't going to make this easy for me right away. I already mentioned the cold. While the wind was calm when I started, it picked up pretty soon afterwards. That made the cold that was mean when I started into a full-blown asshole before I even reached the wing. The stiffness I felt when I woke up became near paralytic. Each step hurt, and each blast of wind was like razors slicing fresh flesh on my back. Thoughts pounded in me to just go back. Go on a stick harvest, start a fire, ride this out, wait for a warmer day. I couldn't listen to those thoughts. I had to get down the mountain. I had to feel like I was in control of my situation, not at the whims of wolves or weather. When I reached the graveyard, things changed. The winds brought back the clouds and the first few flakes of snow. I stopped briefly and allowed myself one look around. I also allowed myself to give in to the cold and hallucinate just briefly. The images of all those dead and frozen passengers staring at me 
as I made my way past them. I'll admit it here in this journal, but never in person. But I could swear they were looking at me like they knew something was coming. Like they knew my fate. I closed my eyes and shook my head, clearing the phantoms away. Only after images remained when I opened them. After images that seemed like they were reaching out to me, trying to keep me there. Despite the stiff and sore, I ran. I needed to move. The snowflakes were increasing, and I knew what that meant. One last plea from inside urged me to turn back, but I'd already spotted a ravine I could tell meandered down the mountain. This was my salvation path. The skies turned from stark blue to a deep gray within minutes, and the steep walls of this passage only magnified the sense that the world was closing in on me. The ravine curved around, and it was tough to see. Honestly, if the rope tied to that massive rock jutting up through the snow hadn't been there, I would have kept walking and went right off that cliff. But there it was. Another climbing rope. Much like the one I'd used the other day. It was tied off and dropping down into the snowy grayness. I had no idea what was down there, only that it was down. Problem was, my hands were so cold and my muscles so sore, I wasn't sure if I could make the climb down. The cold was sapping my energy fast. My cautious mind pleaded with me one last time to go back, told me there was still time, but I shut down those thoughts. I knew I wouldn't make it back. I needed to find shelter soon. That part of me was right. I knew if I was out here much longer, I would go hypothermic if I wasn't already on the road to it. This was it. Down was my only option. I rubbed my hands together hard. It did no good. I slapped my arms and legs to get some blood stimulated. Also did little good. I barely felt the slaps if I'm being honest. But I focused my attention on my hands and feet as I grabbed the rope, looped it around my arm, and stepped over the edge. I really don't remember much from the climb down only that it was careful step after careful step, and then letting go, letting go of the rope when I reached the bottom. I remember that. I let myself feel the euphoria of not falling to my death. It didn't last long, though. It was just as cold down here as it was up there, and I glanced up one last time to say goodbye to what I was leaving behind, but I couldn't see the top through the snowfall. It was like that part of the world had closed itself off to me. I turned. The snowfall had become a snowstorm now, and my body was numb. I could feel the cold creeping deeper into my limbs, and I found myself facing the first real thoughts that this might be the end. But then, there it was. Before me was a broken and busted cabin. The entire midsection was caved in leaving only the sides, which also weren't in the best of shape. There was, at least, enough of a roof in those parts to make it worth my while. It would block the snow and most of the wind. I took cover 
and was surprised at what I found there. The biggest prize was a dilapidated wood stove that actually looked like it could still work. But around it was what concerned and puzzled me. A backpack, a storage box, and some firewood. Why were these here? They weren't old, so they didn't belong in this shell of a cabin. They were someone else's. I'm really cold. I can feel fear creeping up on me. I didn't see any footprints. Well, of course there probably were, but the snow likely covered them. So if someone was here, they probably would come back, right? I can't think of any reason why these things would be left. The backpack was in good shape, and the firewood told me that whomever this was, they were using this space. Of course, I needed to use it now. It's really cold. I mean, it was really cold. Still is. I, I don't... Sc scared. G gonna freeze. Wait. Wait. I started a fire. Frank would probably be coming back here. I bet this is Frank's stuff. He had a backpack, didn't he? What was in the backpack? Why can't I remember now? I got the fire going. I used Frank's wood and sticks. I'm too cold, and I am so tired. I need to keep writing, though. The writing keeps... No, kept. No, keeps is right. It keeps me focused. I used the last of my sticks. The fire is going good. I laid out my bedroll. I'm going to sleep for a bit. That'll keep me warm. Frank will be here when I wake up. So glad I found him. Getting hard to write now. Fingers pretty stiff. And that sadly is where this part of the journal ends. There was one additional entry, but it was nothing but scribbles. Though we have no proof, we are certain that Morgan Lagandas did not survive. But in a way, he has. His story gave us one small look into how some dealt with the Aurora event and its fallout. Wherever you find yourself in this long dark, we hope that you are staying safe. This is Ernest Wick for the Saskatoon Star Express newspaper. We will record more stories about survival in this quiet apocalypse when we are able, and when the aurora allows us. My Quiet Apocalypse is copyright 2018 by Are You Not Entertainment and is a fictionalized account of an actual play in the video game The Long Dark, owned and produced by Hinterland Studios. For information about the game, visit hinterlandgames.com. Intro music by Nicholas Gasparini. Credit music by Gunslinger Andy. For information about the show and those behind it, please visit myquietapocalypse.com. 
Thank you for listening to Season 1 of My Quiet Apocalypse. Season 2 will continue soon. Please follow us on Twitter for further updates. If you enjoyed this season, please consider a five-star review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen from. Thank you once again, and looks like you survived another day.